podcast our purpose is to positively building men both young and seasoned our goal is to positively impact the lives of men and the effects that impact has on their lives families and communities as a man thinks wants to leave a legacy that will last a lifetime get ready to be encouraged engaged and challenged in this podcast you would expect to know what men go through hear us laugh cry share our personal challenges in this walk of life as a man thinks. Welcome back to As a Man Thinks. Uh, we're going to go through a few different topics today, but the main thing we want to do is just just have some fun. So, uh, what, what are you guys interested in talking about today? Uh, for me, uh, I want to know what people out there think of what actually happens. What actually happens when you go to heaven? So, like, my first thought, or actually somebody brought it to my attention, or is they, the way that they envision heaven is, um, basically, you don't take it out of context. It's not that I don't believe in God, or nor that, that I don't want to worship him. But I just, if you're just, like, in a place for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where I guess there's no time in heaven, constantly just worshiping, God, I can't imagine that that would be just like a place that most people would, you know, be thrilled about going. I, for for me, I don't know about them too. Maybe they want to, but I, you know, I just for me. So first of all, he basically saying he okay with going to hell. No, nope. you know, because at the end of the day, he's saying he don't want to go to heaven. Because he got to worship God all day long. And to him, that's boring. Word, <laughs> word, that's, what, that's what he's saying. Word flipper. Word flipper. That's not what I said. I mean, it sounded like I mean, well, it sounded like a flipper. He said it was kind of like slavery. Like, yeah. Actually, that was your words. <laughs> was, 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 was slavery. I said that I think that, you know, we should have a time to worship God, but maybe we, you know okay. what I'm saying? Maybe we at the gym, maybe we hooping. We ain't even gonna talk about what this dude was so, talking so, about. So now you putting God on a time frame. Like God, I'm gonna give you 15 okay, minutes out of 15 minutes. Tell them what you talked about. Tell them how you how you saw it. I, I tell mean, them how you saw heaven. What, what, what was happening in your head? I mean, listen, listen. All I said is I wonder if in heaven, you know, you able to be sexual, you know, or or if 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 you can't be sexual. And there is no feeling far as the flesh and everything is spirit. That's cool. That's cool. I have no issues with that. But I just want, I don't know how heaven will be. I, I, think, the, I think the word you use though was can we throw it back? You yeah. know, first of all, you first of all, what y'all ain't gonna do. <laughs> y'all ain't gonna have me out here in the podcast just looking like I'm just very horse. You are okay. And you, that's the first thing. You also said that you Wonder if you thought it would it just happen. Well, and he starts sliding in the table like nah, nah. so does that sound like I just want to know y'all opinion. Does that sound like a person that he worshiping God all the time? Or is or is his mind other places he ain't even thought about what they what they doing First of all, let's just be clear. God has forgiven you. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't die. Die. right or wrong. Let me tell you something. 
I what you're talking about is flesh, fleshful things. Okay. Oh, he, oh, he forgave you in heaven already. He, he forgave me for well, my sin. He's an advocate for me. Okay. So you know, I just want to know. And, and look, I'm telling y'all, chime in. Let us know. You know, if you got a perspective of what you think heaven looks like or what heaven's gonna be like, you know, I want to know. Because on a serious note, you know, if, if you've been following us and following the podcast, you know, we've talked a ton around, you know, different death uh, as far as family members that have passed away. And the thing that has been very, very unique about the death that I have experienced is, like, when my father left, um, it was almost like he didn't have emotions or feelings so you know we're going through the process of him being on hospice and we know that he's going to pass away uh and he knows that he's going to pass away but not one time did he cry not one time did you know we feel like any emotion from him it was almost as if he'd seen us but he had no emotions uh and then yesterday we just had a funeral with my uncle uh and it was the same thing, you know, as I talked to my aunt, she said that, you know, there was no real emotion about, you know, leaving this earth and going, you know, to be with the Lord. So I was just wondering, you know, if, you know, how people transition, does God like take their emotions away and, you know, they're not even tied to the earthly things anymore. It's more of a spiritual thing. I don't know. I just want to know. I mean, link in, lock in, let us know. All right. I, me and my brother go down this rabbit hole sometimes, and ever since my mom passed away, I mean, I was I was younger when my dad passed away, but I, I think a lot about death and how it's perceived and, like, the stages and all the things that happen, and I've, watched, I've been watching countless of numbers of, of NDEs, which is near-death experiences where people, you know, say they actually have passed away and went to another realm and actually what what they perceive as like so a lot of it is interesting obviously i can't tell them that that's not what happened i don't know i haven't had a near-death experience i i can't say that i want to have one um but i would like to know people's opinions because how i perceive death is especially like from from how they explain it is it, it's a peaceful thing and when it's almost as if you don't even know that you really have passed away. It's just like instantaneous. Once you are dead here, you're you you're there, or you're you floating around, and then you you instantaneously go somewhere. You have a life review, and a lot of people speak of, of you know of of having multiple lives, and it's not just Buddhism or whatever the case may be. It's just how people see it like you, they do all believe the creator but they do also believe there's multiple multiple lives not just necessarily here on earth so i just would like to hear somebody else's perspective of, and they don't necessarily let you know somebody else guide what you think just speak freely because that's what i do i i like to hear different people's opinions yeah he definitely speaks freely but the thing i would say is the one thing that I wonder about is when we talk about death, I've heard over and over again people say, well, yes, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go right now. I ain't ready right now. 
you know? And when you look at this world and you look at, you know, the, the vehicles and the houses and the cars and all these different things that this world has to offer, in our minds, we're in awe of it. We're like, wow, you know, like God created all of this. And sometimes I think about the fact of if earth is like this and he spoke the word and created all of this great, beautiful sculptures and beautiful buildings and beautiful homes and what does heaven look like? I can't even imagine. Like if we're living right now on earth with what he created, what possibly could heaven look like it's probably marvelous it's it's amazing i just think about that sometimes i hope i don't get to experience not to change the subject you know i really don't want to experience that <laughs> real talk i just don't you know what's amazing though is how many people aren't prepared to die mm. that's okay i mean yeah. and, and you think about it someone who you know in my lifetime i've actually sold life insurance but one of the things that's crazy is how many people still have gofundme accounts Wow. How many people actually still have, you know, having to create dinners and do different things to help family with your past? And again, I'm not trying to, you know, talk about people who had to do those things. I get it. But I mean, when you leave this place, you know you're going to leave someday. You don't know when we're going to leave. Why aren't people prepared? Why don't people prepare for that? I think people just take into account that uh, maybe it may be age and you don't think you're going to die no time soon. So you feel like you got time. Um, and then sometimes your time ain't God's time. So you end up leaving sooner than maybe you thought about doing it when you should have actually acted, but you just, I don't know, sometimes certain things seem less important at the at the time. Like I could, or, or it may be a financial thing. It could be, well, I really need to get this life insurance, but right now I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. So me trying to get life insurance and put groceries in the house and pay these bills, like life insurance right now can go on the back burner. I get that when I can afford it. My question to that would be, if you're not living where you want to be at, if you remove you from the situation, how does it improve you? Which means as far so as- So if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you mm -hmm. can't afford to be where you are now, God forbid something happens to you, so now the income that you do bring goes away. How does the family survive now with that income that you had not be expected? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, let's just call a spade a spade. That ain't for that person to figure out at that point. Well, no, say it's so, true. I just say my, my thing would be I would say to somebody who believes that if you believe that that situation is the case, and again, I don't have no preference, however, you want to believe. My, my question to you would be this. You're not going to live forever. And then put something to the side, even if it's a little bit. I mean, it's something that you want to put aside to make sure that if you do leave this place, you're leaving your family off in a better place. Bro, I think it's selfishness. You know, I think that we can make up every excuse that we want to make up, okay? But at the end of the day, people do things that's important whatever they feel like is important in their life, they do it. You know, people make the sacrifices. So I know a lot of people that have made comments to me that says, well, when I die, it is what it is. Like, they, 
they could just throw me in a hole. They could do whatever. It don't, hey, it is what it is. It ain't gonna be my responsibility. I'm gone. I'm not here. Mm-hmm. And the thought of that makes you cringe for the simple fact of when you were here, you did nothing to prepare your family to make sure that they were set up for good, you know, when when you're absent. And and then people always say, well, well, you know, I, I can't afford to do this and that. Man, even if even if it was a seven dollars a month where you was only getting insurance and it was only ten thousand dollars, just enough insurance. I'm not telling that you got to have enough insurance where you got millions and people got to live great off of you for the rest of your life. Right. But the one thing I will say is when my father left here, he didn't have a huge insurance policy. Right. My, my father had $25,000. That's it. $25,000 policy. He paid probably $10 a month for it. And he passed away, and that $25,000 was enough for us to take, fly him, bury him, make sure he didn't put none of that burden on us. Right. And and I could appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's the key. I mean, if you look at it again, when people think about life insurance, you think about expensive costs and million dollars and all of that, but you're right. The main thing, if not anything else, if you raise your children to do the right things, taught them how to create a lifestyle for themselves. You don't necessarily need to leave them in everything, although that should be your goal. But the last thing you should be doing is leaving them a burden. I mean, right. if you pass and now you don't have enough to cover yourself, now your children have to take some of what they're trying to build to now put that towards doing something where if you just had something simple, now it actually can take care of it. Now you, you said something right then, and you said that, you know, your children should be able to have. And, and as a parent, Obviously, that's what you think of. You think like you're gonna live and you're gonna, you know what I'm saying, you're gonna outlive your kids or whatever. But sometimes what we don't take into consideration is maybe our spouses. And sometimes the way that you set things up, you just take in, in my case, the way things were set up, which was gonna be changed, but it, it never made it to that part, was my mom's spouse was over all of was was the beneficiary. So the responsible party, not necessarily the the beneficiary. So the person that got the money, though she did all of the things that she needed to do to take care of what needed to be taken care of, it was the person that received the money didn't really contribute anything. So then the family was still stuck. You know what I'm saying? Scrambling. So it's it's really it's really a process. But you, I guess I would say probably don't make. One one sole person, a beneficiary, that way you do have multiple, you know, people that can probably oversee what's going on because I, I've seen a lot of that and money definitely makes family turn on each other. I, I, it is what it is. Well, make the right person. That might be the key is make right. the right person. But you would assume that that's like, that's your spouse, so you say that's the right person. But, assume it, but that's not the right person. But that person don't know no more. You see what I'm saying? Like they gone. They assumed that that was the right person. That's my spouse. I feel like they're gonna do the right thing, and I'm assuming that's that's what it was thought. And then boom, that person gone. They don't got no say no more. This person get a hold of a large sum of money that they never had before, and then they they go and do whatever it is that they feel like they do. They got a gambling habit. 
They're going to gamble the money off. They felt like they needed stuff and forget about what the money really supposed to be for. And if you're going to do that, at least handle up on what you're supposed to do. You see what I'm saying? So let me ask you this. So you get that example, because I know you went through that situation with your mom, right? Right. So let me ask you. So did he use any of the money towards your mom to help her, to bury her, to do that? You know, cremate, whatever. Did any funds go to her at all? Not that me and my brother know. But what we know is I ended up maxing out my credit card. My brother ended up contributing a lot to get my mama flown back to Alabama. Right. And then we spent money on having the celebration for her. Right. So supposedly we were supposed to get, you know, that's what they say in, in her phone. So who had to pay for like the film? So me and my brother contributed what what was necessary to have the minimum of what needed to be done, which was having my mom buried. So my yeah. question with this kind yeah. of conversation that's what's, crazy. What crazy. what's the conversation with the spouse now? Like I don't talk to them. No communication now. I can't. I I I'm I'm not God. So I just I just leave it there. I know I'm not God, so I just leave it there. It is what it is. So I, he won. He, 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 when it comes down to this individual, he don't want to deal with this individual in his spirit. He want to deal with this individual in his flesh. Physically. Right? right? right. So, right. 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 So, he, so he like, you know what? I'm gonna let this go. Let it go. Because uh exactly. I lay hands. Exactly. So and I, it ain't spiritual it, hands. <laughs> it ain't. It's just so I just it is what it, it's it's so much more to the story. Uh you know, obviously I, I Courtney yeah, no more says I already know more Courtney no more in depth of like what he, the stuff that he yeah, he was a clown. Yeah, so yeah, it is what it is. It's, it's water under the bridge. My mom we, we took care of what it needed to be taken care of. And, you know, it was what it was. But that's why I was just saying, like, so you have to make sure that you have responsible parties and not just leave it to one sole person that you think is the most responsible one. You, I think you need to be divided to multiple parties that you think responsible because Somewhere up in there, you you have a responsible one, um, and everybody may be responsible. And if that's the case, then everybody contribute what they should contribute. But if you just have one sole person that's responsible, and they decide to do the wrong thing, that person has access to everything, and there's nothing that nobody else can do about it. That's not your true. I don't care if that's your son. The money ain't for your son. I don't care that your daughter, whoever you left the beneficiary. So we'll get the money and, and and the other people just left on the outside. So make sure you think about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, lately, man, I've been doing a ton of thinking just around uh, you know, I hooked up with a wealth management manager, uh, and she's been teaching me a ton of things just around, you know, wills, uh, around uh you know, how to invest money around trust, how to put a trust together, like all these different things. And I think that a lot of times, especially in our culture, this is something that we don't talk about. Right. We don't talk about, 
you know, wealth and insurance policies and how to build wealth with insurance policies. I mean, like, it just blew my mind how you can buy insurance policies, have an insurance policy, and then use the money from the insurance policy to continue to build wealth and live off the interest. Like, I'm, I'm just finding out a lot of different things around wealth and because the goal is, is I want my kids, you know, to be in a situation where, you know, when I'm gone, okay, or even when I'm present in their life, I can continue to make an impact in their life, not only financially, you know, but spiritually as well, you know, because the one thing that I've learned is things that I've dealt with, you know, I'm starting to see how the enemy tries to come and he, you know, attacks my kids, you know, because the enemy will always try to attack people that's closest to you. You know, and a lot of times, you know, I'm saying I'm having to go to back for them and pray for them and plead blood of Jesus over them because the enemy is trying to attack us. But I think that putting having these conversations with people that have the knowledge, because knowledge is power, right? You put yourself in a situation where you can set your family up where when you're gone. Instead of you having people making all these decisions, your trust will dictate your wishes. Uh, and, I, and I think that that's amazing because everything that you desire to have happen will happen. Every piece of every dime that you desire certain kids to have, whether they have to do certain things as far as go to college first or whether, you know, they're limited to a certain amount of month, monthly payment. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty amazing that, you know, I'm just finding out all this information on how I should have been managing my money and managing, you know, to prepare to make sure that my kids were set up in the future. Because believe it or not, the kid that you think is the most responsible and going to do the right thing, sometimes it's not it. Right. Sometimes it's the one that, you know, you ain't even thinking about that right. rise up and be that one, you know. So I think we need to, you know, as men in general we need to really be looking at how do we you know protect them in a manner of setting things up for them now that's going to help them later in their life but i think the key to what you said is and it comes back to me with humility is well, we don't know everything right we have resources we have financial people that can teach us different things we have all kind of things that teach us financial literacy but how many times through pride, we don't want that advice or we don't want someone knowing our own personal situation. Yeah. So we push away from that when the source that's supposed to be helping us can really bless us for generations. Yeah. The information received, setting up a trust. That's that's one of the things that resolve what we talked about. Now the person that made that decision isn't empowered to make that decision. Mm -hmm. The person who passed away, they put something in a trust. And now, however they want it, is done based on how the trust was or based on how the will was set in place. Not just the beneficiary receives something, now that beneficiary dictates what they want done. Right. So, yeah. but yeah, so too many times, I feel one of the issues we have is through pride, and pride is huge. I mean, I was just telling my wife, pride can sometimes be so thick, you can move it with your hand. Yeah. And, and knowing how to navigate through that so you can truly set yourself up to be successful. And how to humble, humble yourself yeah. enough to receive that type of. Asset. The wheel thing is a good thing because uh, like 
a lot of people don't have a living. So, like, if, obviously, if my mom had a, a living will or something like that, then that would have trumped, you know, whatever was going on. But so I think that that is a, a definitely an important piece that needs to be in place. The will will definitely um, break it down or break it down as to definitely specifically how you want things done. And um, they have to honor that. But it's so true. We don't learn those things. I mean, yeah, right. in school, most of our kids are great at math, right? And they excel at math and science, and but they're not really taught how to manage money. Mm-hmm. They're not taught how to manage finances. Like they're good at math, but they're not necessarily taught how to manage financial things. Like my oldest son now, so proud. He came upstairs a week ago and asked me, Dad, how does credit work? What do you mean? Like, how do you build your credit? How do you get good credit? We actually broke down the five different things to help build credit. And I like that. Like, he's wanting to know that. How do I build my credit? How do I get good credit? How do I, you know, I don't want to start out at a lower credit score. How do I start out and be at a good credit score and continue to build it? And um, I showed him a couple of websites and we broke down a few things, the five things that help you build your credit. You know, you look at payment history and your debt utilization and then you're looking at how many lines of credit you got and inquiries on your credit and credit history. Yeah. So, but just having him and then he knows it. So when I talk to him about it, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, because this is that and this is what I want to do. So I want to get this little bit of, you know, thing on my thing so I can build my credit up. Certain cultures yep. put that into their children. We don't. Mm-hmm. We don't. We you know, we know about the putting, no, I got my bill in my child's name. I got this in my person's yes. name. Right. Now you can't walk around with 300 credit score because you put them in a bad position. Why do we do that? You know what I'm saying? If you give your kid nothing else other than how to know how to manage money. Because you told your credit to So you pass down that curse. <laughs> but, um, but it's unfortunate that we don't teach our children how to, how to manage money because we weren't taught it. But there's too many reasons. We live in a Age of information. Right. There's too many things out here. We can just sit in front of YouTube. They watch YouTube anyway. TikToks. Yeah. Let them watch something on finances. It's crazy, man, because, you know, we laugh about the fact of, you know, people putting bills in their kids' names and people, you know, doing shady things that's destroying their kids' credit. But it's sad. It's truly sad because as a culture, as the black culture, okay, we deal with a lot in the communities, far as of where where we were raised, um, far as you know, discrimination. And I and I will tell you this, I say it all the time. I got all different races of friends, and I feel like there's racism and Every race. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, whatever, right? I think there's racism in, in every race. That's just my opinion. But the one thing I will say is how do we ever expect to take the next generation to the next level if we are doing things that's hindering them before they even have an opportunity to use their own credit before they even have an opportunity to be able to, you know, buy their own vehicle or have a credit line and we're destroying their credit. That is so unfair to me. You know, in my eyes, I take that as a sign of abuse. 
when kids are being abused by their parents physically, I feel like if you're taking their credit or you're doing things like that, that is a that is a sign of abuse. You don't care about the future. You don't care about how they're going to make it in this world. You're totally taking advantage of them. I think it's unacceptable. On the, on the flip side of that, you know, some people uh, use their stuff and they use it for good. Like they add their, um, their child to as a, like an authorized user on a credit card. So like whenever they do grow up, they don't, they don't run into that. Oh, well, you don't have, you know, enough what do you, you said like a credit history? Yeah, you yeah. You, yeah, you, you, you got credit history now. Now your credit score, when when you turn 18 and you graduate, you if you got the money, you could go to the car lot or you can go get that apartment and stuff because somebody educated your parents on, okay, well, at least do this, this, and this. So like what, what Courtney them was saying, like don't set your, your children up for failure. Set them, set them up for success. But what I want to ask is looping back around to the beginning. Of this Hold question. on, before you go to the next thing, because I want to say one thing about that. Okay. And you're 100% correct. Okay. That we do have parents that are setting their kids up for success, that are adding kids to their credit cards. I, I, I was added to uh, my family member's credit card when I was young. When, when I was 17 years old, I was added to a credit card to build my credit. I bought my first vehicle by myself at 20 because I had credit, because I, my credit score had been built up. So I know that that is happening. But if we're going to uh, you know, add kids on our credit cards, just make sure you pay the bills. Right. Make sure that... You're doing the right things because this level of accountability is not only for yourself anymore. When you add that kid on there, if your debt to ratio is crazy and you're always spending over your limits and you're never paying down that credit card monthly, you're still not helping that kid. Right. That kid's going to have the same credit score as you. That kid's going to have the same debt as you. So let's just make sure we're being smart. Yeah, and yeah. someone who does that for a living and really looks at, you know, people's credit, you'd be surprised. I mean, I work with people who are of all ages, you know, 18 to some 81, honestly. And I work with people that are that old. And it's amazing that you still see people who you would think information is power. They know enough in their old age, but they still just don't have good credit. And, and like you said, if you add somebody to your bad credit, you just did the, the reverse to what that child is doing. So the objective would be, knowing how to do the right thing. I, I talked to a young lady the other day and she's like, I just got all these credit things taken off my credit and I just got all these things removed and I just did this credit repair. And I'm like, okay, well, I went to look it up. She didn't do a credit repair. She did a, like a credit, a debt utilization, like, like a debt consolidation program. Her credit was under 500. I don't understand, I just did this program. What she didn't realize is the program she did once they paid off all the credit cards, guess what they did to the credit cards? They closed them all. Mm. The worst effect that you would have. I mean, you want something where you can pay those off and then just keep those lines of credit so it helps your credit yeah. history. Mm -hmm. So it helps, but when you close those credit cards, now you just did the worst part because your, your credit history is gone. You don't have any debt utilization because you don't have any debt that you can use. That just had the reverse effect on your credit. So again, information is power. 
when I talk to clients, I sell mortgages. Help clients refinance and they're like, well, I'll just do this debt consolidation program. Can I give you another option? Do you want to build your credit? Absolutely. Okay. Here's an option to help build your credit. But again, information is power. So many times we don't have information. And information is the one that's going to set you free. It's the key. And you better believe if you got bad credit, you are paying the most highest interest rate that they could possibly give you. You will never pay the debt down. You'll be paying the debt for the next 40 years trying to pay it down because if you would have had decent credit and got you an interest rate that's a 3% on, and when you're going to buy you a vehicle, now you sacrifice and these dealerships, they shop your credit around to 50 different banks. And when they shop it around to 50 different banks, all those acquiries go on your credit. Then on top of that, when you finally get one bank that will say, yes, I'm going to go ahead and finance you. They give you a 25% interest rate that you'll be paying for the rest of your life. So the power of credit is everything. I mean, you can walk in a bank, get whatever you want if you got good credit and you pay your bills on time. Right. And credit inquiries are the smallest amount of things that, that hurt your score, right? So I see a lot of people always say, I'm scared of credit inquiries, I'm scared of credit inquiries. And if you look at the five things, it only it only counts for 10% of your credit score. However, like he's like Courtney said, if you're like long as I'm gonna go shop around and all these people are pulling hard credit pools, car companies gonna pull hard credit pools. Credit card companies gonna pull hard credit pools. Sometimes mortgage companies will, but they do give you the ability to do a soft pull, which has no impact on your credit. But if you have 10, 15 different things pulling your credit, and that's 10% of your credit score, and that goes down, say, five or 10 points. If that's 10, 15 people, now you're talking about that's 50 points. Right. And you're going from a 620 to a, a 540 makes a whole lot different when it comes to being able to get anything else. And the other part is when you're building your credit, 35% of what makes up your credit score is payment history. Just pay your stuff on time. I got a trick for anybody that wants to know how to have great credit history. If you got a $100 minimum, Pay your bill every two weeks and put a hundred dollars down every two weeks. Guess what? The first two weeks, you just met your minimum. The next two weeks, you just put an extra hundred dollars down, but you never have to worry about missing your payments or not having good payments. So, and I, 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 I don't know what age guy credit score look like. Hey, I'm, my credit score is not it, guys. So, uh, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, I'm working on myself. God deliver me. Um, but I wanted to loop it back around um, to what we were talking about at the beginning, which was heaven. And I know we said we didn't, we didn't, we wasn't ready to go. But with all of this stuff going on right here, credit, yeah, marriage, just dealing with life in general. Well, why, why would you, why would you be ready to go to heaven right now? Why wouldn't don't heaven sound much I'm, better than what we got going on right now? I mean, you, I'm okay, bro. You know what I mean? I'm just. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you one thing, you know, if you ain't got everything set up, you're gonna leave everybody in trouble, <laughs> trouble, trouble. Yeah, man, you, know. you better hope you don't leave yet or get you that million dollar policy so you leave everybody. I'm worth more, I'm worth more dead than I am alive, I'll tell you that. 
So I'm not. So they're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, let me tell you, they gonna they gonna be in trouble. Trouble. They better. Hey, God gotta leave me alone for a little while longer till I get myself together. Hey, we gonna get you together. Well, man, fellas, I tell you what, you know, uh, as a man thinks, I will tell you, you know, we go into real life conversation every time we come together. You know, it's just stuff that we dealing with, stuff that is happening right now in our lives, you know, and it's all about just educating, educating you. Sometimes when we on this podcast, you know, and these fellas say certain things, it educates me. I educate them. You know, it's like the iron sharpening the iron. That's right. You know, so we appreciate y'all, man. We appreciate y'all joining us. We appreciate y'all linking up with us. We appreciate you guys going and subscribing and liking and commenting mm -hmm. and telling us, you know, what you got out of this. Uh, we love y'all, man. So keep keep supporting. We'll continue giving you guys great content that's real. And uh, thank y'all, man. As a man, As a man thinks. thinks. As a man thinks, to learn how to get connected, support our mission, and become legacy-driven, visit our website, asamanthinks.org, or you can scan our QR code to get connected to our chat. You can also email us at partners at asamanthinks.org. Either way, get connected, be of support, be a legacy-driven, as a man thinks.